G'day, I'm Rowan Mackey and I'm joined by my dad, clinical psychologist Chris Mackey, and this is Psych Spiels and Silver Linings. G'day dad, how are you going today? Good, thanks Rowan, how about yourself? Going well, going well today. We've uh, just recorded another podcast with Juliet Trail, which everyone would have heard already, and looking forward to this podcast, which we've called Undoing Resentment with Gratitude. So dad, what are we going to be talking about today? Okay, now this is a simple little idea in a way. Well, actually, there's a little bit more to it than it seems, but it seems simple enough. And it's an idea that I came across recently when being involved in a panel addressing some positive psychology students at Melbourne University. And someone else who was on this panel was Dr. Kerry Howells. And Kerry had this intriguing notion, I found at first, because it seemed so simple. And her idea was that you cannot feel the emotions of resentment and gratitude at the same time. That basically, if you're feeling resentful about something, but then you shift your attention and you're focusing on things that you feel genuinely grateful for, it really eases the feeling of resentment. Which is not to say that we shouldn't have feelings of resentment. However, they can be complicated. We'll talk about that later on. Some of the difficulties that come up with the emotion of resentment and also some of the benefits of the emotion of gratitude. But in some ways, these are contrasting kind of emotions. And being aware of that, it's as though... Well, it's not as though we're not going to process some of our feelings of frustration in a situation. But if there's a way of helping displace an unwanted feeling that we feel is maybe a bit exaggerated or it's outstaying, it's welcome or it's disruptive to us, well, it's a simple little idea and I think it's an intriguing one. So I've been thinking about that a bit lately. Well, it is an intriguing idea and I must admit when you first mentioned it to me, I wondered if there was a sense of, say, swapping between the two of, you know, looking at something and going, ah, you know, I I resent that but I'm grateful for this over here. But it seems to me that there is a bit more of an integration that can happen in terms of maybe we're a little bit less resentful and a little bit more grateful about what's happened overall rather than sharing these two ideas almost mutually exclusive. So I wonder, let's just maybe start a little bit broadly here. What are some of the problems with resentment? And maybe even what is resentment? Okay, and look, I might just preface this as well. If people are really interested in this topic, they might follow up with Kerry's book, her recent book, Untangling You. How can I be grateful when I feel so resentful? So we'll have a link to that book also in the episode notes from today. But when we look at the problems of resentment, well, it doesn't just lead to us feeling bad, so to speak, about something that's happened, but it can also affect our health. So, But first of all, let's think of what is resentment. Basically, resentment's likely to come up in situations, for example, where we feel we've been treated unfairly, or certainly that our expectations haven't been met. And we might attribute that to someone else's behaviour or maybe even inaction in some kind of way. So we're attributing that to some kind of external circumstance but we feel let down in some kind of way. Now, the problem with resentment is it doesn't just lead to some level of maybe passing frustration, but it implies that we tend to be ruminating over the situation. It tends to be more sticky, if you like. We are a little bit more stuck with it. And we know that when people tend to ruminate about negative experiences, especially ones where you feel somewhat helpless, 
And ruminating tends to be a bit of a helpless feeling. This happened to me. Or feeling resentful tends to be a bit of a, say, passive helpless feeling. This happened to me. I can only do so much about that. This shouldn't have happened to me. That kind of notion. It also tends to lead people to look somewhat inward in some ways turning away from our other relationships. It actually doesn't help us engage with the world in any productive way, somewhat the opposite. And so what we know tends to happen when people are in that kind of frame of mind and when it's persisting, and especially if it's reaching a point where people notice that it's disruptive, it's affecting their mood, it's lingering over quite a period of time, there is that rumination going on and the person's distracted by their feeling of resentment, It doesn't just lead to those negative emotional consequences, but also physical consequences. For example, people can be prone to gastric disorders, even stomach ulcers. It can contribute to cardiac disease. Aches and pains like headaches and joint pains, there's an increase in that, and problems with insomnia, for example. So it's actually quite a significant thing. It actually impacts on our health in a way that often is beyond what's worthwhile. Well, it is one of those fascinating areas, really, where our psychology and our physiology, there's a a relationship between the two. We often think about these things as different from one another, but resentment, and I wonder if gratitude's a little bit like this too, there really does seem to be that link between what we think and maybe our physical health as well. Yes, absolutely. So gratitude is one of the positive emotions. And so when people think of positive psychology in the early days, people thought that meant just feeling happy, a feeling of being up or animated. Well, there are a whole range of positive emotions. Certainly one is joy, which involves not just happiness, but a connection with other people. There's also a sense of awe. We could also describe compassion as a positive emotion. There are a range of positive emotions. Forgiveness is a positive emotion, but certainly gratitude is one of the emotions that contributes most to subjective well-being. If people are high in the tray of gratitude, which is actually one of the character strengths, if people have that as one of their top character strengths, that's a really good contributor to positive well-being down the track. And we know that anything that leads to sustained positive mood or in general nudges our well-being in the direction of optimism, positive mood that way, that actually tends to help our physical health, our immunity, even our longevity in different kind of ways. So it makes a difference in the long run, the balance of positive to negative emotions provided we're still being real, we're still being authentic. And I find that idea of being, say, real or authentic so interesting in this context because there's going to be many situations in life where we feel maybe a bit resentful towards it. Maybe there's some validity to the idea that our expectations haven't been met and we we have been let down a little bit. So I suppose what I wonder is how much choice does someone actually have to respond in a way where they feel, for example, grateful versus resentful? Because these almost feel like visceral emotions in a way and and sometimes the situation might lead us down a certain path in terms of the way we feel about it. Okay now that's a key point how much choice we have. Now for well-being it's important to be authentic. We don't just want to contrive our emotions so that's where all of our emotions have some kind of potential meaning or purpose or value or we wouldn't have them. Like through evolution, we've developed a whole range of emotions, including painful emotions. So sadness is a normal emotion in the face of loss. 
fear is a normal emotion in the face of threat. And anger is a normal emotion if we're in a situation where, say, people have crossed a line with us, where our interests have not been met and maybe others have been unfair in the way they've treated us, they haven't observed a usual level of respect or they've crossed lines in certain ways. So in the first instance, it's fair enough to feel frustrated or bothered or angry in situations where people where we believe that they've wronged us in certain ways especially where many other people in that situation would think well that's fair enough to feel feel wronged that way but the thing is we don't just have to stay stuck with it in other words where we turn our attention is going to make a big difference to our feelings and even our physical health and our well-being in the long run so we would recognise if someone else has recently been wronged, we would think that's fair enough for people to be angry and upset, but we'd also notice that there are times where people maybe persist in that further. It's like, well, we could use the expression, someone seems to be nursing a grievance. Now, the person's not deliberately looking to create pain for themselves, but by the same token, it would be a mistake if that person thought, well, I'm feeling bad, I'm feeling aggrieved, because this bad thing happened to me. Well, yes, that's part of feeling aggrieved, but if that feeling is more intense or more prolonged or it's interfering with relationships beyond what might seem balanced, then it's fair enough to say, well, maybe the person is overpaying attention to their grievance. Maybe they're not considering other things that are happening in their life as well that might balance it out. Or they might not be making allowance in a particular situation that someone might have maybe let us down in a particular situation, but there have many other times where they've actually treated us well and it might be an inadvertent mistake and there are other things that we can feel grateful for that kind of relationship, even if a friend said something that hurt us or that they maybe forgot our birthday or something like that. So in other words, it's looking at overall balance and recognising that there's some choice. And so in the first instance, it helps to acknowledge if we're feeling frustrated or angry or resentful and then look to step back. Like most painful emotions, acknowledge it and step back and then look to consider the emotion or the situation with some level of detachment or objectivity this is if it's again if it's more intense or going longer than you want or it's interfering with your life in some way so you notice this frustration continuing on and maybe a feeling of resentment that keeps bubbling along step back and just considering whether there's a different way of looking at the situation and I think that what helps with this simple equation of resentment and gratitude is if someone realizes they're getting caught up with resentment consider whether in that situation or related to it or in some other ways there are things to feel grateful for, genuinely grateful for, and then just notice whether that moderates the feeling of resentment somewhat. It might not have to eliminate it entirely. It doesn't maybe take away some of the frustration or hurt attached to it, but it might moderate it to a degree. So in a sense, this is an experiment that people can do if they think of something in the past that still has some lingering frustration for them and maybe some resentment attached to it, then maybe people can consider doing a little experiment, if you like, just considering whether in that situation they can turn their attention to something that they feel grateful for, especially if it relates to that personal situation or some way it seems to counterbalance it, and just see if that makes a difference. Well, it's such an interesting idea and it's one that 
it really reminds me of, for example, how we approach grief. Like you mentioned, say, grievances before, and obviously grief has a, a similar root word. So I think they're similar in some way. And it strikes me that there's maybe, say, like a surface level reaction that we could have in a situation, which might be a little bit more rigid in terms of it's kind of either black or white resentment or gratitude. But then there's this element to which we can unpack a situation. And for example, when we have lost someone, obviously on the surface level, it's it's distressing it's painful there's almost no positive emotions associated with losing someone but after a little bit of time we're often finding ourselves thinking about oh you know what like what are the things that I really got out of the relationship with that person what am I thankful for for having that person in my life and I think it just leads to maybe a slightly more in-depth understanding slightly less black and white in some ways and it seems that this more maybe integrated approach of looking at well obviously the situation you know leads us to be resentful but it doesn't mean that there's you know no silver linings about it at all it strikes me that that can really just help to maybe alleviate some of the heat in a situation we're not necessarily going to be looking at it as just black and white in terms of it's just going to lead to resentment we can almost find other layers to it which are a little bit more positive and, and help us to experience more positive emotions associated with whichever event it is. Yes, I think that's actually a very good example. And I can think of a family member a number of years ago who was very upset, naturally, grieving after losing her partner. But also at the time, look, I'd even say this, was angry and resentful that that person had well, died, had departed sooner than they might have been expected to. And it was clear that my relative was actually quite frustrated and angry in that situation for having been, well, in a sense, abandoned. Well, as if someone would look to die younger than they otherwise would. Now, over time, that shifted. So time makes a difference. But what did strike me, in that situation is over time you could hear that person acknowledging far more fondly the person who died, the partner died and increasingly that was the theme of the conversation although it did take, dare I say, longer than might have been anticipated but that was a shift over a period of time and many people when they're feeling the pain of grief it might be hard to see this at first but there's often an expression that later on, when someone has died, it's not as though the bonds are relinquished. It's not as if there's no connection, but they're transformed. Later, after someone has died, the bonds that continue with them might be more in terms of memories and shared experiences or how they've affected your life in a positive way. And that's something to feel grateful for. So I think that's actually... A very good example that you've raised there and it's understandable for people to feel the pain of grief and anger can be an emotion that goes with that and feeling let down, maybe feeling abandoned. But maybe just even being aware of this equation of resentment and gratitude, it can be a reminder for people, including who are grieving over a period of time, to look to consider the kind of things that they do feel grateful for of having been in that relationship. And it's the sort of thing as well, I wonder too, where there aren't too many situations that we're going to look at and think, you know, there's, there's nothing to be grateful for in this situation. Like, you know, you might see, for example, a, a tragedy that happens on the news. You think, my word, what a, a horrible thing to happen. 
But then you can almost step back and go, hold on, I'm sitting here with absolutely no connection to this person and yet I'm, I'm touched by it, I'm feeling emotional. So it can hint at this connection that you may not have realised that you had with this person, but the fact that you're being affected inherently shows that there's this connection there and then that maybe gives you something to go on with in terms of further cultivating connections with other people. And so it just strikes me that, there may be, you know, no situations where we can't at least look at it and go, you know what, at least I was able to get this perspective out of it or at least I was able to look at it in this way which allowed me to maybe get past the block of just seeing it as a purely negative thing. Yes, I think, again, that, that's a really good example. Like often if we experience sadness through loss, well, well, grief, it's a reminder of how important our connections are. And we can not only appreciate our connections with, say, the person who has lost or or maybe it's a friend who's gone overseas or something like that, but we can also appreciate our other connections all the more and feel grateful for that by counterbalancing that with the pain of the loss. And I think it's even worth maybe expanding this a little bit beyond grief as well because there can be, for example, say work situations or other situations in life where our initial reaction really can be quite resentful in a way. And we've spoken in, in previous episodes about this idea of chair work, about, for example, separating out the different parts of ourselves and almost reassembling them in a, a more integrated way. And I know that you had a, a fascinating example of someone recently who almost was able to separate the parts of themselves out into the, the grateful part and the resentful part and then maybe the, the process of doing that was able to help them maybe see the situation overall as something they are a little bit more grateful for. That's actually an interesting thing relating this example to chair work that I mentioned to you. But yes, it is about separating out different parts in a way. I mentioned to a client recently about this notion of contrasting resentment and gratitude. And he described, look, I actually think I've done that just recently. And I asked, oh, well, how was that? He said, well... As you know, I recently resigned from a position in an organisation in which I've worked for many years. And he said, well, look, actually, I've been pretty disappointed how it's gone with this organisation in many ways. I think in, in many ways, maybe they didn't appreciate my role as much as they might have, maybe didn't show respect in certain kind of ways, how things have been handled recently, even with the process of me leaving. I'm not particularly happy with how some of that's been handled as well but he said that look I was going to write a letter a resignation letter he said I wrote two letters one was a letter expressing the things I felt frustrated and angry about and he said the second letter was a thankful letter of appreciating what I'd gained and all the good things that had come from me working for that organisation for a long time and particularly highlighting the relationships, the positive relationships he'd had and what he'd gained from that and what he would more likely miss in that way. Naturally and wisely, he sent the second letter. And I thought that's a wonderful example of still acknowledging the things that he felt frustrated about and I thought rightfully somewhat annoyed with or thought it could have been handled much better, but ultimately he chose to focus on the gratitude. And I think that's a neat example of how it's not just an either or, but ultimately what we tend to focus on more, that's what will tend to win out and that will actually help our relationships because as you can imagine, rather than resentment having us turn inward, when we're grateful, we tend to be more expansive in our view, looking outward and looking at our ways of connecting positively with others. 
And what interests me about that example is, for example, why he sent that second letter. Like, I wonder if maybe just through going through the exercise of writing one resentful letter, one grateful letter, it's almost just like you don't relate to the resentful perspective as much. It's almost as if he was, say, for lack of a better term, purged of those really intense negative feelings. And so then thought, you know what, actually, overall, I relate to this more gratitude way of thinking about things. So I think it's a a very neat example to do. But it seems to me that, for example, in positive psychology, we have a lot of these gratitude exercises, which... Oh, look, I think, I think it sometimes, Dad, can be a, a little bit trivial, you know. <laughs> sometimes if we want to ignore some of the reasons why we might be resentful in a, a particular situation, but it, it speaks to the power of being grateful in a situation. And I even remember uh, just back, you know, when I was a kid sort of thing, I had this friend who, you know, he'd go around and visit his house and one of the dinner table conversations they had was something called the best and the baddest so, you know, you'd, you'd sit there and, as you know, from your day today, what was the best thing that happened and what was the baddest thing that happened? Or another way I've heard it described is what's the peak and what's the pit of your day? And these maybe exercises that we have to share gratitude in situations does really help us to maybe take this more positive perspective and run with it a little bit more. Yes, and look, I think the thing is, well, certainly when you see people who are depressed, they're so aware of the pits, so to speak, that it helps to nudge things in the other kind of direction to develop the gratitude. And as you're suggesting, there are things that we can do to develop it further. And things that I've noticed, even with clients who are clinically depressed, it's not necessarily easy to do it straight away, but within a period of weeks, usually people were able to nudge their attention more in the direction of, say, identifying three good things that happened that day. And at first it might be very hard to do. The person might say, look, I didn't come up with anything. I've just been feeling depressed. I haven't been able to do much. But usually after a while, we're discussing it further and saying, look, just choose simple things. I got out of the car with some shopping and it wasn't raining then, whereas it was raining beforehand. There was a favourite TV show that had an episode come up that night. I had a phone call from a friend. It was only fairly brief, but they touched base and they're interested in how I'm going. It's when people even start noticing those little things and seeing them as significant. It's nudging one's attention more in that direction of gratitude. And that's been found to actually have lingering benefits, so some lasting benefits with countering depression. And I've seen that actually there was a a documentary film, How to Thrive, that was released last year. One of the participants Early on in that group program, I saw how she was picking up on this theme of good things that had happened that she could feel grateful for. And she'd been dealing with depression and maybe obsessive compulsive tendencies and had different challenges to deal with, but that was a turning point for her. You could see how the penny was dropping. Hey, I've got some choice over where I turn my attention. She increasingly turned her attention in that more positive direction. There are enough challenges already happening to be aware of that. Those nudge factors, if you like, nudging her attention that direction made a lasting difference even a couple of years later. And I wonder with something like, say, gratitude and resentment, like with gratitude in particular, it strikes me that gratitude's a little bit like a muscle in a way in terms of, you know, we can build it up and over time maybe cultivate more of a sense of gratitude and then that can lead us to a more permanent way of thinking in a way that, you know, we're grateful for particular things in a situation. 
Is that the case where gratitude is something that we can develop over time? And then maybe on the other hand, if we're practicing feeling resentful about particular situations, maybe that's going to lead us to feel more resentful about particular situations in the future. Yes, there is that overall balance. And look, I'll go back to that other example I mentioned, that lady who handled things so well in that How to Thrive program. This lady had reasons to feel resentful. I would have thought at first there were very difficult circumstances that led her to not have contact with a daughter from her first marriage. And it was a very difficult kind of situation. But as she was recognising, that was taking away greatly from her joy of connecting with her children from a subsequent marriage, who she was living with. And she recognised this challenge that was going on at the time. Hey, I'm missing out on the joy and my feelings of connection with my children who are with me in the house each day because I just feel so much pain with not having contact with my daughter. Well, you could see that just even that gratitude exercise and practising that and recognising the choice that was involved over a period of time, it translated profoundly to appreciating her children and even though she had very limited contact with her daughter even later on, there was some scope of that which was some encouragement, but she was no longer relying on that to be happy. She could realise that there were things happening in her life she could feel happy about at the time, even if there was pain involved. And so it seems to me that as we're talking about this, there seems to me a big aspect to it of how can we harness more positive emotions in the future? Like, heard something about, say, this the Buddhist idea of everything is suffering. Well, I believe that doesn't necessarily mean everything is negative and, and harmful to us and has this really negative aspect to it. But suffering is more about this notion of, of losing agency in a situation. And I think there's a little bit of an aspect to the world where if we look at it through one lens, well, you know, if we look at, say, the, the whips and scorns of time, of you know, things can build up in a negative way and we can almost over time, without cultivating gratitude, just see everything through this negative lens if we have bad things happen to us. But it seems to me that part of what we're talking about today, part of this idea of gratitude is to really think of things in a way that doesn't lead us to be stuck about something that has happened negative in the past. Like there's a big part of resentment, which is about rumination. And so it seems that if we can cultivate more of this sense of gratitude, we're less likely to ruminate about the bad things that have happened in the past, which is going to lead us to be, I suppose, more positive and harness more positive emotions as we go through life into the future. Yes, and look, I actually think one of the best examples of that was actually your mum. A number of years ago, when your mum, Sue, was diagnosed with cancer, how tough is that, and it was actually a pretty nasty form of cancer. There was a real risk of not surviving even a number of years. But one of the things that made such a difference, along with seeing humour in situations and things like that, which your mum is very good at, was feeling grateful for the most simple things. And one of the things that really stood out to me was how your mum described just sometimes in a day, lighting a candle. That activity itself and those moments could be something to feel grateful for in the context of a day. 
Now, your mum really lived that and showed how much difference it made. And fortunately, she made a full recovery and, and enjoys very good well-being now. But I just think that was striking how your mum achieved that. And she actually wrote about that in her book, Positive Oncology, describing some of these strategies that she used. But your mum actually lived them. And that's one that I, I keep remembering to this day because it made such a profound difference. Well, I think that's such a good example and even the, the title, Positive Oncology, like they seem like such contradicting terms in a way but I know that there was so much in that book that was based on this idea of finding more gratitude in our situation in order to avoid resentment. Yes, and so one of the things, like you were suggesting earlier actually, it can be quite profound this idea rather than just a simple idea of developing gratitude, it can make a profound difference. So I'll just mention a couple of other examples of that. When people have a stronger tendency to experience gratitude, be thankful for positive things that happen, and as we said, people can develop that capacity further, then people are less likely to develop PTSD in response to trauma. They'll tend to ruminate less about negative experiences that happen, and when bad things happen, they're likely to more readily experience some sense of closure a bit earlier. As in, look, I've been through a very difficult time, but okay, the main impacts of that are over. And that's apart from also just generally it helps us access positive memories. So we're talking about something that can influence whether people develop PTSD or not, whether they're ruminating, whether they experience closure in terms of something that's happened before. These are significant kind of benefits. It's more than just a trivial issue. Well, I think very much so. And it is something that maybe on the surface seems a little bit trivial in some ways in terms of it's just almost a thought exercise, but it is seemingly a profound difference that people have in terms of the way that they feel and, and the perspectives that they have on a quite formative situation at times. Yes, and I suppose one general example I suspect most of us could relate to, and I'll mention this finally myself as a, as a, as a final thought, is we've all experienced going through a pandemic all of us would have experienced some kind of difficulty or privation, you know, missing out on something through that time. And you know, I can certainly recall there were some things that happened in relation to, well, aspects of our practice indirectly related to our work that made things more difficult through that time than they needed to be, some external kind of factors. Well, certainly that's something that at times I felt frustrated and angry about and could have felt frustrated about or resentful about. But by the same token, our colleagues in the practice, our admin staff, our psychologists, I've mentioned it before, just were magnificent in how they adapted to the challenges at the time. So in the work setting, there were things I could think of that I could feel frustrated about and resentful about. But there was also a lot that I could feel very thankful about. And in retrospect, I noticed that one of the things that helped me deal with the frustrations was remembering to turn my attention to what was happening on an everyday basis, this goodwill that colleagues were showing, how effectively people were contributing, going above and beyond. And you couldn't help but feel grateful for that. And that tempered the other frustrations greatly. And as the pandemic has passed, it leaves those lingering feelings of, well, gratitude and appreciation for colleagues and that, well, positive environment to work in and really enjoying being with the people that we work with and those other well, 
frustrating things. Well, fortunately, they eventually came to an end as the pandemic largely came to an end. So I think that's where people can look at that as an exercise. Thinking of the pandemic, there'll be things that people can feel frustrated about or recognise that there were losses with that. But what do people feel grateful for that came through that time? Absolutely. I think that's true. And there's a, a saying that, that came to mind as we've been talking about this, and I think it's used by the... It's, the Navy SEALs or the Marines or basically a, a branch of the US military. And what they say is is full benefit. So they might be in a, a really negative situation, but they say full benefit in order to almost just shift their thinking to a, a more positive frame of mind. And, you know, it might be something like they've got to carry a, you know, massive log up a hill in their training. And so what they say is full benefit in terms of I'm going to get the most out of this situation for my fitness and my training capacity. And I think, that's one example, but there are, I think, many other examples of ways that we can just subtly shift our thinking to look at things in a way that is more positive. And there are going to be situations where, you know, we, we are maybe getting more benefit out of something that we wanted to in the, in the situation in terms of we're going through some things that are, you know, uncomfortable and negative and we may not have wanted to go through them per se, but in the process of going through them, it just seems that we're able to maybe get a little bit more out of that situation than we would have had they not been there in the first place. So oh, it's a, an interesting sort of thought exercise that we've done here today. Oh, I know you've got to get off and, and see a client, but it's been good to do this little podcast. And thanks so much for chatting with me about this today. I look forward to the next one. Well, thank you, Rowan. And hopefully people can do their own little, what we can call it a thought experiment or a feeling experiment. Just see how it goes. Think of something that maybe you feel some lingering frustration, annoyance or maybe resentment about and just see if there's something related you can feel some gratitude for. Hold that in mind and see what happens to the feelings of resentment. You can test out yourself what impact that has. Well, I think absolutely it will be a, a yeah, good little thought experiment to go on with, Dad. So thanks for chatting with me about all this. I look forward to the next one. Look forward to it, Rowan.